0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Wisconsin Sports Rocks podcast on the Packernet Podcast Network. My name is Sam Holman. I'm going to be flying solo today. Uh, McQu- my co-host McQuaid Arnold wasn't able to make it this week, and so um, just going to be you know doing this doing this on my own. I'm also I'm um, recovering a little bit from me under the weather, so excuse me if my voice sounds a little you know gravelly or or, or whatever. We're gonna we're gonna power through this. Um, not sure if it's going to be a uh, ele- as long as usual, just because I'm going to be on my own, so I'm not really able to bounce the conversation back and forth, but. Then again, we're going to be talking about uh, one of my favorite or, or some of my favorite roster positions or positions on the roster. Um, basically, we're going to be doing a positional review of the linebackers and defensive line. Um, again, some of my favorite positions to talk about on the defense. So, yeah, without further ado, we're going to get right into it. So uh, starting with the linebackers, uh, we'll, we'll go over the the ones currently on the roster. Um, Starting with inside linebackers, we've got Chris Barnes, Khalif Bryce, who is, I believe, an undrafted rookie, Ellis Brooks, another undrafted rookie, Uh, Devondra Campbell, Campbell, obviously, Um, and then you've got Isaiah McDuffie, Ty Summers, Quay Walker, and Ray Wilborn. So um, those are the inside linebackers. So a couple, couple thoughts on those. Obviously that that's what, one of the positions where I think we've seen a lot of movement. Obviously you've got the resigning of Devondre Campbell. You have the drafting of Quay Walker. And I think that that might be one of the positions I'm most excited about. I even pre-draft, I was, I was really kind of hoping wondering if the Packers could target someone like Quay who can, just line up all over the field, right? He can go out, go down on the edge. He can rough, rush off the edge. He can blitz. Um, I kind of likened it to what the Patriots have done in the past with guys um, like Jamie Collins, right? Who Who is kind of a hybrid, hybrid linebacker who can move, go inside, go outside, just kind of move all over the place. And I think that that's, it's going to be interesting to see how He's used. We've kind of you know gone over all that this offseason, so that's not anything groundbreaking, but I'm just super excited to see him and see see what he can do. Um, Devondra Campbell, obviously, had an all-pro season last year. Um, I'm going to be watching him as well. I mean, not only he was great last year, I'm hopeful that he can continue that again this year, but with, with those kind of, no, I don't want to say one-year wonder, because it sounds like from what he said, the The Packers staff really found a good way to use him. And so it's not like he just had this one freak year of production. There was like a, an actual cause behind it. But I'm going to be watching to see, you know, if there if there's a drop-off. Like, I'm going to be curious to see that. Um, hopefully not. I mean, he's been a really fun player to watch uh, to this point. I mean, after one year you know, with the Packers. So I'm hopeful that he can continue that. But that's definitely something I'm going to be able to watch. But Or that I'm going to be watching. Um, but just taking those two guys, I mean... I'm so excited to to see them. I mean, when we get to camp preseason, I just I want to see them on that first snap when they're both on the field together. I'm going to be so excited because you could really do anything with those two guys, right? You could line them up on the edge. You know, they they had Joe Barry was lining up Devondra Campbell at in, in, in stand-up nose tackle at times last season. Um, you could just do so much to manipulate how the offense is, you know, pass protecting, how their run schemes fit together, right? Because you, you slide a guy down as that stand-up nose tackle or wherever, and the offense has to account for that, even if you, you don't blitz him a whole lot. And I think that you know, with the guys that they're getting in the secondary, with that secondary that they have now, they're going to be able to blitz more. Um, so there's just so much you can do. I, I, I want to see them wreak some havoc, man. Just, just go in there and just blitz. Just get offenses off balance and just wreak some havoc. Um, Chris Barnes is is an interesting, you know, obvi- is an interesting, you know, prospect or interesting player. Obviously, he was the starter pretty much all last year, or one of the starters. Um, he went off the field usually when they were in dime, and uh, sometimes in nickel when they wanted to. They when they were in the nickel, their penny packages, which is basically. Instead of taking um, a defensive lineman off the field to put an extra DB on, they took a linebacker off the field and kept the three defensive linemen and the two outside linebackers. And then they just had one inside linebacker, which was always Campbell when he was available. Obviously, um, so I'm Chris Barnes is an interesting guy. I've said before, you know, this is probably just rehashing some of the some of what I've already covered with him. Um, I think that he his best quality is his downhill ability to just you know thump people you know find the ball and hit the hit the ball carrier basically Um, I think that he can be a pretty good blitzer and I wouldn't be mad if Joe Barry used him in those ways Um, just kind of got him on the field as a a designated pass rusher it was almost it almost felt like what they were kind of doing last year at times with Jalen Smith right they they wanted him to find ways to get him in motion get him going downhill and I think that Chris Barnes could do well in a role like that, um, especially, you know, if they want to get – they could get into some, you know, pretty crazy packages, right, where they, they have three linebackers in, in uh, and four defensive linemen or two defensive linemen, two outside linebackers. Um, they actually did that a little bit in the playoffs against the 49ers, which I, I, I really liked, just kind of a, a little wrinkle to, to catch the 49ers off guard, you know, kind of guard, you know, get extra – extra people at you know, who can flow across the top and defend that outside zone running attack. And so I could see, you know, Chris Barnes getting on the field in some situations like that. I think that the starters are going to be Quay and Campbell, you know, kind of a foregone conclusion. Um, Moving on to the rest of the guys, uh, inside linebacker, I mean, nothing really solid that we – there's nothing really remarkable, I think, at this point. Uh, Ray Wil- Wilborn, it was interesting that some like he was the fourth inside linebacker uh, during OTAs. So that's something I'll be watching as we move into uh, training camp preseason. Um, Yeah, he. I think he was on the roster last year, uh, practice squad, possibly. I can't remember exactly what, what his status was. Um, but you know, he's still young, still could be, he could still turn into something. You never know. Um, another guy I'm going to be interested to see is Ellis Brooks. He's an undrafted free agent rookie out of Penn state. And he's actually one of the only undrafted free agent rookies that I really watched some film on. And he's another guy who's kind of interesting in the mold of Chris Barnes. You know, he's got some downhill run defending ability, Got some blitzing ability. I actually really liked what he did blitzing at Penn State. Um, not sure how he would do in coverage, and so you, you know, I, it doesn't. I don't feel like at this point, at least, he can be. You know, he can really contribute in that way. But you know, he might make some nice plays in preseason. Sneak onto the practice squad. So I would just say keep an eye on that guy. You know, he might he might be able to make some splash plays, in uh, training camp, and, and catch some eyes to get onto the get onto the roster. Get onto the practice squad, whatever it may be. Um, That's kind of the inside linebackers. Moving on to the outside linebackers. So, starting uh, alphabetically, we've got Kingsley, Barre, Tipa Nalier, Jonathan Garvin, Rashawn Gary, Ladarius Hamilton, Kobe Jones, Shauncey Manick, uh, Randy Ramsey, and Preston Smith. Looks like those are all the outside linebackers on the roster by my count. So, obviously, the two big guys, it's kind of like inside linebacker. The two big guys, Sean Gary, Preston Smith. Um, I mean, if, you, if you're, those are your starting outside linebackers, I feel like you're in pretty good shape. Um, obviously, there's a worry. You know, Preston Smith has kind of had this up-and-down production year-to-year year where one year he'll get like eight or nine sacks, the next year he'll only get like four. Um, some other people pointed out, though, that apparently he's been, a- been able to figure out what's causing that. And so hopefully he can return to that same level or about same level of production uh, as he had this past year, this past season. Because um, he was he was a really good, not just pass rusher, but a really good run defender as well. Um, now, I would say he's the level two of Sean Gary, but he's definitely a, if if you have him as your second best edge rusher, I think you're pretty happy with that. And then. Obviously, Rashawn Gary, he's an absolute beast. I can't wait to see him. Um, he's got just insane power, insane speed. He can defend the run really well. Uh, I wrote an article a while back. I think I might have mentioned it on one of our podcasts, but um wrote an article a while back about how he, it appears from his off-season training, the the videos that he was releasing that off-season training, he's perfecting his cross chop, which is basically a move where... Um, an edge rusher, you know, he'll see the offensive lineman punch. He'll hit with, I um, believe it's his outside hand, and then uh, I might be mixing that up. But essentially it, it's it's used to attack the, the hand that the offensive lineman is punching with. Um, and I think that that... One of the ways that offensive linemen can attack someone, uh, a player who builds their game off of their bull rush, like Rashan Gary, is get get hands on them really early, like kind of get get hands into their chest where they can control the edge rusher's power before they can really get going. And so, if you know Rashawn Gary is building more of those counters, building more of those moves where he can just build his game, makes his game more complex, make it harder for offensive linemen to block him. I mean, man, that's that's scary. I I can't wait to see what he does on the field. I mean, I could be totally off with you know judging what he's going to be doing off of those off season training programs. Um, feels like in the off season, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors around that kind of thing. You know, oh, this guy's coming in best shape of his life or whatever. But man, if he 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 continues building those count that library of counter moves, library of just things to fall back on uh, in different situations, he could he could just take his game to a whole nother level. And he was one of the best edge rushers. If you're know, if you looking at just pure pressure numbers, he was one of the best edge rushers in the league last year. Like, if he takes another step, I mean, that could be defensive player of the year type stuff. You know, 17 sacks where right, that we could be talking about, man. Uh, I mean, it it's just kind of, it's crazy to think about that, that the guy who was already so dominant, so disruptive last year, he could take a whole nother step this next year and just, become a force, a nationally recognized force, right? Getting votes for defensive player of the year, that kind of thing. Um, sorry, everyone. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm pumping you up. We'll probably lose in the playoffs again. Sorry about that, but whatever. Uh, it's, it's the off season. I think it's okay to get excited and and I'm going to get excited until I <laughs> see otherwise on the field. Yeah. Um, so that that's kind of the, the linebackers. Um and we usually what, what McQuaid and I have done in the past is after we've kind of discussed the position groups, um we usually give in some bold predictions. So I have a couple bold predictions for these uh these players. Um so starting with inside linebacker, like I mentioned, I'm really excited by Quay Walker's versatility, his ability to you know, rush the passer and cover, just do whatever he needs to do. So bull prediction for him. I think he's gonna have five sacks this year. Um, I know that's a little high, uh, but I think that I think that what what I've seen from Joe Barry is that he's willing to experiment with how he uses his linebackers, right? He was he was doing that. He was landing lining Campbell up, you know, on the line, off the edge, you know, blitzing him, blitzing Barnes. Um, even though they didn't do that a whole lot, I think that was due a lot to the guys they had in coverage, uh, like Chain and Sullivan, who was kind of, you know, he, he struggled in the slot some last year. So I think that they'll, they'll be freed up by the cover guys that they have. They'll be freed up to blitz more and they're just going to move Quay Walker around try to attack offensive linemen. Kind of like, I I don't want to say discount Micah Parsons, just because I think that Quay Walker's, you know, he's a whole different player. You know, he has different strengths, um, But kind of in that in that same mold, just just move all around the field, just use him to create chaos. Um, My and then my prediction for the outside linebackers. I kind of forgot to go over some of the backups. I mean, I think that Jonathan Garvin, he's an interesting guy. I saw occasional flashes from him last year. I think he definitely needs to get more consistent. Um, And then you you also saw flashes from uh, Tipa Nalier. So he's another guy. You'll want to, uh, I'll want to watch, you know, preseason training camp, see how he does. The coaches have talked; they've praised Randy Ramsey a lot um, as someone they were hoping to have last year before his injury. Um, so he's like another guy to watch. Um, there, there's some, there's a fair amount of backup talent there. I think that the main problem is that the the talent's just improving at this point. And kind of the the poster child for that is Kingsley Enigbari, a guy who was who I was really excited about coming out of the draft. Um, you know, he he's got a ton of disruptive disruptive traits on the film, a lot of power. Um, even though he he didn't test super well athletically, I thought he he played really well in the, in the tape that I saw. I was kind of shocked that he fell to the fifth round after watching you know watching his tape. Uh, but I think he, you know he's another guy, you know, if you get him on the field as your third pass rusher, you know, third downs, get him, you know, Quay, Rashawn, Preston, you just mix it mix it up with those guys. Just rush them from all different angles, kinda modified psycho package. You probably wanna, you know, have Kenny Clark on the field as well, because he's an amazing pass rusher. But um, I think he could be a really interesting kind of X-factor at that third edge rusher position. I really like his, his talent. Um, he kind of fits the side threshold, size thresholds that they like. Um, and so my pro prediction for uh, the outside linebacker spot, we've kind of talked about how pumped I am about Rashawn gary but I'm going to go with Enigbara. I think that he is going to have five sacks as well. He's just going to come in a third, as a third down designated edge rusher. Uh, disruptor just attack they might put him as a stand-up nose tackle kind of like they had Sidarius in uh some t- at times over the past th- past few years and he's just gonna be able to you know create some pressure get some sacks I think he's gonna finish the season with uh, about five of those um again that's probably lofty for a guy I'm projecting to be a, a situational player and who's a rookie but you know, like I said I'm pretty high on his talent and uh, I mean it's not called bull predictions for nothing. Right. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the, the linebackers inside and outside. Um, I feel really good about the starters in those positions, um, at at edge at outside linebacker. I'm a little bit, you know, hesitant at depth. I, I would like to see them add another veteran, um, Justin Houston's off off the market, but there's still guys out there like Jason Pierre-Paul and uh, other veterans like that. Just someone who has who has the proven ability to contribute in the running game and the passing game. I feel like that's another that's an area last year where they got hurt uh, after Zedaris went down with injury, and then after Whitney Russelis subsequently with down went down with injury uh, later on in the season. Um, but yeah, I think there's a lot of talent. I'm not giving up on guys like Jonathan Garvin, and I'm really excited to see what Enigbare brings. Uh, but yeah, I'd just like to have some more.
1: In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing slab packs from arenaclub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase.
0: Proven ability there. Um but moving on to the defensive line. So starting um alphabetical order, we've got Akil Byers, Kenny Clark, Jonathan Ford, Jack Heflin, Dean Lowry. I might butcher this name, so forgive me. I mean if the that player's listening or his family's listening or whatever, Hauti uh, Putal? I believe it is, uh, Jaron Reed, T.J. Slayton, Chris Slayton, and then Devontae Wyatt. So I think that the, I mean, obviously, you, yeah, last year, Dean Lowry, Kenny Clark, they were probably the two strongest interior defensive linemen. Uh, Kenny Clark is kind of obvious. He's been rock solid there throughout his career, pretty much in Green Bay. Um, this was Dean Lowry's best year under Joe Barry. Had, uh, I believe the final was five sacks. Um, which I think it was his career best, but he he was definitely able to contribute as a pass rusher. And I think that you know even if he doesn't contribute to that same level with the depth that they've gotten in the offseason, I think that you're pretty happy with him as your fourth or fifth interior defensive lineman. Uh, I've seen some you know wondering if he could be cut or traded or whatever for cap relief. I don't feel I don't think there's really another position where they could use that cap relief enough to cut someone who who's a caliber of player, the caliber of player that he is, right? A, a solid. You you have a pretty solid rotational defensive lineman in Dean Lowry. Um, I don't feel like that enough money would be freed up uh, to make up for the loss of that depth just because defensive line is, it's rotated so much, especially in a three, four system with the Packers where you kind of have, you know, there's three different defensive linemen on the field. You want to have different guys who can play at the, at the ends, defensive ends, defense, the nose tackle, all that. You you just want to have some, some pretty good depth in there. Um, and like I said, it's, it's rotated a lot. Even, you know, when you get into nickel and dime, you're, you're going to be rotating guys on and off the field. Um, and, think about it this way. Dean Lowry still being on the roster allows you to, you know, rest Kenny Clark some more, right? Especially with the depth like I mentioned that he gained during the off season. And speaking of the depth, um obviously the big addition is Devontae Wyatt. First round pick out of Georgia, crazy good defense uh, in college football. Um he's just uh he's just a great player. I actually wrote him up before the draft, so that was kinda it was kinda cool that they picked him. Um but he's he's just super versatile. They used him at nose tackle, at three technique, basically all along the defensive line. There were times where they were lining him lining him up at nine technique out on the edge. I mean, obviously he's not a pure edge rusher, but he could just basically move anywhere. He can take on double teams. He can shed blocks. He can play gap and a half right where he's he's holding off the offensive linemen, playing one gap and then get switched into the other gap. Uh, to kind of steal steal space back when when defense is playing with a light box, um, he can rush the passer. That's one thing I thought was he was really good at. Right, just super disruptive. He's got incredible speed, incredible power. He's going to be a, a great presence. Um, you hope that he he's a since he's an older rookie. Uh, he's twenty four years old, I believe. He might be twenty five starting the season. Not sure about that, but um, since he's older, you hope that he comes in with some more some more experience. He's able to adjust quicker to the NFL game. Um, and then the other the other big guy, uh, at least to me, was Jaron Reed. I, I mean, he wasn't – I feel like there were some mixed feelings about him when we signed him. Um, just, you know, uh, there weren't any really negative feelings, but some some people just had different opinions on his impact. Personally, I think he could be another guy who can give you really, really quality – defensive line snaps um behind Kenny Clark. Um I was well, I actually he was another guy. I was actually uh writing up before he got picked up by the Packers. Um He's a guy who struggled he definitely struggled in Kansas City, but I think there were a lot of factors in that. Um again, part of it I think he did just struggle in a, in a new setting. Um, it was his first year that he's ever played out of, uh, he, he started his career in Seattle, played there for five or six years and then went to Kansas city. Um, but I think that he wasn't really being used at his best position either. Uh, because he, he really excels when he has space to attack offensive linemen. Um, he, he's got a really nice you know, kind of speed rush and he can build counters off of that. And he, you know, they the Chiefs were, you know, at times use lining him up as no, as a nose tackle or as a one technique and he didn't really have the same space that he liked, uh to that you that I saw on tape that he liked to use to attack blockers. Um, later on in the year I thought that they started using more as kinda a three technique, a four eye where he had a little bit more of that space, um, and he seemed to perform better. Um, but he just got better as the season went on. I think he's another versatile guy where he can take on double teams. He can defend the run really well. But he can also give you some stuff in pass rush. Um, obviously, if you look at the stats that he's put up in the past, uh, in Seattle he, in 2018, he put up over 10 sacks, which is wildly impressive for, for an anterior defensive lineman. I think he can contribute, um, kind of like Devontae Wyatt. I think he can contribute on stunts, twists, just straight pass rush. Uh, I really like this guy. Like I, I might be in the minority a little bit there, but I, I really like his ability both in defending the run and in attacking uh, offensive linemen in pass rush. Um, so I'm excited to see those guys on the field. I think that hey, your ideal lineup is probably some mixture of Kenny Clark, Devontae Wyatt, and Jared Reed, and then Dean Lowry and TJ Slayton as your rotational guys um speaking of tj Slane, he's another guy whos who i'm excited to see this this next year i think that he could take a big jump he had some really impressive snaps although he's inconsistent last year in his rookie in his rookie year um but he's just a massive guy he can you know play nose tackle he can play big defensive end big three technique if you want to stop the run um you just get, he, he just has some some really intriguing traits, some really intriguing stuff that he showed last year, you, even in the occasional pass rush move, although I think that his, his primary role in, I guess, the pass would be as a pocket pusher, someone who can just bull rush, kind of compress the pocket uh, from from a nose tackle position and, and let other guys just beat single blocks. Uh, but... He he's another guy, like I mentioned, who I'm gonna be excited to watch. I think that if you can get another starter at nose tackle, that really frees you up to use Kenny Clark however you want. Like he, he you don't have to put him at nose tackle for like seventy five percent of the snaps. You can move him at three can three technique, you can move him to four eye, you can do do whatever you want. It just having that depth at nose tackle frees him up to just wreak havoc all along the defensive line. Um, other than that, I mean, Jonathan Ford is kind of an interesting guy. He's another huge defensive lineman kind of in, in the same mold as TJ Slayton. He's 6'5", 340, 340 pounds. Obviously, a seventh-round pick. Um, wouldn't, wouldn't expect too much from him at this point. His film was kind of interesting in that uh the college he was at miami didn't really use him i think the way that he should be used uh, they they just their whole defensive line was the, their defensive line play was predicated a lot on stunts and twists and just getting their guys on the move and i don't think that's how he's best used i think he's best used as that bigger nose tackle so i'll be interested to see if he can kind of show out a little bit if the packers decide to use him in that in that role which i mean at 340 pounds and 6'5". I mean, I can't imagine they're expecting him to be a, be a uh, penetrating 3 technique, right? Um, but yeah, those are kind of the main guys. Um, Chris Slayton is kind of an inter- interesting guy. He's been in the league a little bit, been with the Giants, I believe the 49ers as well. Um, and yeah, he, he's pretty well built, 6'4", 307 pounds. Uh, he's wearing number 60. That's kind of interesting. Um but yeah, he's a guy who I might keep an eye on as well. Though I don't, I haven't really seen much film on him. He doesn't really have much active film that that I can I can find. Um, those are kind of the main guys. So, full predictions for the defensive line group. I'm gonna. So I'm kind of a being kind of a Jaron Reed supporter. Um, I'm going to say that he's gonna bounce back. He didn't performed super well last year in Kansas city. I think he's going to bounce back with six and a half sacks. Um, he, he's been able to produce sacks at a really high rate in the past. And this might be the best defensive lineman he's played with, uh, since being in Seattle. Well, definitely since being in, in Seattle, I think that with, with the chiefs didn't have the caliber of edge rushers, the Packers do. Um, they had, uh, Frank Clark, who's an all right, uh, player. um, and then I can't remember who they, who else they had at edge. Uh, and then let me see here who else they had. Um, oh, Chris Jones was the other main guy. Um, So they, they do have, some, they did have some good, some decent other defensive linemen, I think. But I think that the Packers, they just have, they have a lot of talent uh, on their line and they can kind of rotate guys in and out and kind of, get, get Jaron Reed into some advantageous situations, both in terms of playing time and in terms of usage. I think they'll be able to play him at that 4 I three technique a little bit more where I thought he, he played better when he was with the Chiefs. Um, but, yeah, I think that that's my board prediction for the defensive line group. Um, uh, other than that, I mean, I feel like we've kind of covered everything with, with uh, the, this area of the roster. Um, hopefully I didn't bore you guys too much. Uh, just kind of spouting off whatever came to mind with, uh, the, doing this solo, but, um, yeah, it's had a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to seeing this group in action. I feel like, feel like especially the defensive line has kind of been transformed from a weakness into a strength in the course of one off season, right? With just the depth with Devontae Wyatt, Joan Reed, those guys that they got, uh, hopefully you get a year two jump from TJ Slayton. It could just be a really deep and really good group. Um, But, yeah, I think that's pretty much all I've got for today. So I want to thank everyone for tuning in to another episode of the Wisconsin Sports Heroics Podcast on the uh, Packernet Podcast Network. Um, make sure to subscribe to the Packernet Network, and we'll be sending a ton more great content your way uh, pretty much every day at this point. Uh, we are, there are other guys have been doing a great job of putting stuff out. Uh, but thanks for listening, and have a great day.